Hello, I'm Kevin Richard. Well, it's hard to imagine a new school superintendent having a tougher first couple of months on the job than Derek Bubb. The principal of West State is Centennial High School. He became the district superintendent on July 1st and just in time for the Delta variant to strike Idaho and strike the West Ada district. He's been spending the first couple of months on the job largely dealing with the fallout from the pandemic and the controversy over pandemic protocols. He took some time out of his schedule this week to talk to me about that and other challenges facing the district and his goals for West Ada. Here's our interview. Well, Superintendent Bob, thank you for taking the time to talk to us this week. Um, there's a lot I want to ask you about, about the start of the school year and the challenges you've been facing. But I, I want to start by just giving you the floor for a minute. I mean, there's been so much said about what's happened. What are people missing? Is there something, a part of this whole story that hasn't gotten out to this point? Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest piece that I want people to know is this is a struggle for everybody. Nobody wants to be in a Nobody wants to be in the position we're in. Um, and this isn't uh, Boise, Idaho. This isn't Meridian, Idaho. This is nationally, and I, I would even argue internationally. Um, sure. This is happening everywhere. Um, and uh, and there's a lot of components. This is an extremely complex issue. This isn't, you know, um, it, it's amazing that everybody feels like, oh, I would have the right answer if I was, if I was in those shoes. It's difficult shoes to be in. And, and you know, my, my heart goes out to Dr. Reynolds. She did a great job leading us through the first half and she passed on the baton. And now uh, I, I get the uh, pleasure of leading us through this, this next section of the pandemic. I would love to say second half. Um, that's maybe being a little bit optimistic that this thing is going to be over sooner rather than later. But, you know, we just don't know. I mean, it's, it's extremely complex. Um, it's complex uh, as we try to deal with our medical field and, and um, balance the needs of our community, balance the needs of our kids. Um, there's this social emotional piece that I really do believe plays into this. There's um, there's a health piece. There's a community health piece um, that we really have to look at. And where are we as you know, this is things that we've never had to consider in education. You know, the last medical class I took was when I took biology my sophomore year in college. Um, and I probably got to be in that class. So um, that, that's just not what, what we went through. Um, that's not my background. Um, but trying to balance um, our medical advice with uh, what our community would like to see is, is challenging. And, uh, you know, my, my hope is that as a community, we can come together. I think one of the things that has been a challenge for us personally in West Data, and I think across the board, um, is that it, it, it is difficult. And uh, we need to come together during things. And, and right. when we talk about people's rights and, um, you know, let's, let's come together and let's work together to be able to provide unbelievable educational experiences for all of our kids. We had a situation last year where we weren't even in school. I mean, we were talking about mm -hmm. this time last year, we were talking about not being in school or being in school every other day. Um, we're in better shoes today than we were last year. Um, and my hope is that next week we're going to be in better shoes than that. And, and in a month we'll be in even better shoes. And, and hopefully at some point we can put this thing behind us. Well, you, you teed up a lot of the questions I did want to get to. And let me start with last week, your decision to institute, you know, a mask mandate with no opt-out for the next couple of weeks. Walk through the calculus uh, of that decision. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot. Um, number one, um, meeting with Dr. Susan and Dr. Bramwell in our public meeting, the, in, in our previous meeting, uh, which was a public meeting, um, they really 
pointed out that this isn't something that is um, an innate danger to kids. doesn't mean it can't be dangerous to kids, but it's not this giant health risk to kids. Right. But they also had a plea for a giant organization in the Valley to help out a little bit. And, and uh, my heart does go out to our physicians who are working countless hours and, and doing things, uh, unbelievable things for our community. And, um, so you, it does, you do feel for a little bit, um, as you saw Northern Idaho go into crisis standards of care. I think that was a big piece of where we were at. I can't imagine, you know, I try to put myself in the shoes of, of, uh, our community. I couldn't imagine. And I don't think anybody wants to imagine having to go to the hospital where you needed to have a tumor removed, um, that was possibly cancerous or was cancerous and the hospital saying, Hey, we just, we don't have the capacity to do that right now. Um, at some point, I do feel like we have a moral obligation to help our hospitals out and, and all of us work together to get through this situation. You really did hit on an issue that I wanted to ask about because I've been watching those numbers as a lot of people have. I mean, the child case numbers are increasing rapidly, but the hospitalizations for five to 17 year olds still are relatively low. And to this point, no, no child in Idaho has died of COVID-19. But it's not that simple for you or, or for any school administrator. You, you've got to think about the community spread, the potential that an outbreak in the school could become a community uh, spreader uh, event. Uh, and, and think about the hospital situation, which in the Treasure Valley is not a whole lot better than the situation up north. Right. I, I mean, that was that's a big piece of it. The last thing I want to do is know that our kids are becoming an, uh, a menace on our, our community or, or becoming a problem in our community. And, and do I think, and I think I said uh, that night at the board meeting, do I think that putting our kids uh, in, a, in a mask is going to solve the COVID-19 problem in Idaho? I wish it was that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it solves the problem, but if it's our little piece, if it's our little effort, um, th- then uh, I feel comfortable with that right now. So as it stands right now, it's a requirement through next week. Yeah. The health experts are saying we could be looking at a surge that continues into mid-October. How do you think about the future? I mean, are you prepared to extend this uh, requirement? Yeah, so I'm an optimist. And so sometimes an optimist at, at fault. Um, I look at numbers across our nation and you see some 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 drastic drops uh, in Florida. We've seen some drastic drops in Texas. And so um, optimistically, I, I would love to see that drop happen. I think our medical community would love to see that drop happen. Uh, but we're prepared to do what we need to do to make sure that our, our uh, community is safe. Yeah. And nobody's rooting against the drop here. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, that. No, yeah, absolutely. You're in a little bit of a different situation as a superintendent because the trustees gave this decision-making authority to you, you know, more or less unilaterally. Can you talk about that relationship right now between you and the trustees on this issue? Yeah, I think it's a great, I have a really good relationship with our trustees. In, in fact, I will tell you, uh, I don't think I go home any night without great appreciation for every single one of them. Obviously, everybody has different ideas on how, how we can handle things. And, and that's true. That's, you know, I think our group of five trustees are very similar to what the community uh, has. You put five community, any five community members in, in a room together and, and it'd be really hard to agree on uh, where we're at. Um, the nice thing that I would say, and I think that the, the perspective that I always try to keep is they're taking a lot of pressure. They're under a lot of pressure sure. um, through these situations. 
in really a no-win game. I mean, it, it, nobody's going to walk away from this with a win. And uh, the, the fact that they're willing to serve, uh, and I really emphasize that word serve, um, for absolutely no gain um, it is both impressive and admirable. I, 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 I hate to say this, but I don't even know that I would put myself in that position uh, for, for where they're at. Um, they're doing it. They have all every single one of them. I firmly believe have the best of intentions for our kids, had the best of intentions for our community, and they've been extremely supportive of me and my role. As you watched things unfold at the beginning of this school year with the opt out, it seemed to, if nothing else, it illustrated just how emotional this issue is with patrons and just how split your your community is on this issue. What were your observations about how that unfolded and what that said? It was interesting. Uh, I think one of the things that people don't know is how many people sign an opt out and say, hey, my kid's going to be in a mask, but I want to have the option. Um, and, uh, there's a lot in that. Yeah, I sat down there and I took opt-out forms. And so, um, and taking opt-out forms, I had really great opportunity to meet with a lot of parents and talk about where they were at with things. And what I heard overwhelmingly is, um, Hey, I'm going to sign this opt-out form. So my kid has an option at some point. Um, but my kid's going to be in a mask right now. We want to see how things are, are going. Um, as I walked through schools and, and, and been able to see our kids in schools, um, one of the other things that, is stand, that stands out to me is just how well our kids interact with each other and how normal uh, for our kids a mask has become. Uh, whether you're wearing a mask or you're not wearing a mask. We had this, and I, I'll be honest, I had this concern over, do we judge each other for whether you're wearing a mask or not? Do our kids judge each other for whether you're wearing a mask or not? W- one of my biggest takeaways, I was able to visit uh, about half of our schools in the last couple of weeks. And uh, one of my biggest takeaways is how normal this has become for our kids to be able to sit at a, a, a in a pod or to be able to sit in a row of kids uh, where half of them are masked up and half of them are not. Um, I think that's been uh, that's been enlightening for me to be able to see how how quickly kids accept each other for who they are, and I think that's a great lesson for all of us adults. And it sounds like what you're hearing from the patrons or heard from the patrons, and what you're hearing from the kids and seeing in the classrooms. It's not as black and white a debate. I mean, there's a lot of gray in this debate as, you know, parents navigate it, as kids navigate it. We live in the gray right now. Black (laughs) and white would be really nice. Yeah, yeah, no, I I would say most things when it comes to COVID, even when we talk to our medical professionals, uh, a lot of what we're seeing is this gray area. And, and, um, you know, and, and... We've got to get used to that in education. I'm a guy that really wants the definitive answers. I think our, our community wants definitive answers. But if we've learned anything from this, it's how to live in that gray and how to, how to change quickly if we need to. And it's, it's not just a scientific decision or an educational decision. I mean, there, there has to be an emotional level. I mean, last week, West Ada lost a very popular teacher to COVID-19. And, and that's the backdrop. And I know that wasn't the driving force behind your decision last week, but that had to weigh on your mind. Yeah. I mean, that decision was made prior to, to losing that teacher, but I, I will tell you, uh, things like that, you know, as I get, uh, you know, as I get choked up a little bit here, I, I will tell you my care and concern for our, our kids and our staff are, are, uh, first and foremost, and we want to make sure that they're in a safe position. Uh, 
fish. Yes. Does it weigh on me? Yeah. I, I will tell you, Kevin, this has been the, the toughest two months uh, of, of any employment I've ever had. Um, and, and you feel a lot of responsibility and that's what I applied for. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's, it does weigh on you and there is an emotional side to this. And, and uh, you know, many nights spent uh, wondering why or what, what the best answers are and, and uh, trying to rely on some great people that I'm surrounded by both here at the district level and, and within the community working with our health partners uh, has been critical. How would you assess the relationship between the district and the community right now? Because, I mean, you've been you've been there for a while. You, you know some of the history. There's been turnover on the board. You know, there have been a couple of supplemental levies that uh, the district had to rerun to, to get through. Sure. Uh, how, yeah, how would you assess uh, it right now? Yeah, I think it's a fair question. I think that uh, it's interesting because... What I hear from some community members, it's always hard to gauge, right? Because people, I, I oftentimes say that in education, we are kind of like Verizon Wireless uh, customer service agents. Nobody calls Verizon and says, hey, guess what? My phone is working amazing today. It's the greatest cell phone I've ever had. Um, what they do, uh, what, what we do here is when cell phone's not working, right? And then, then I'm mad at Verizon. So it's hard to gauge just based on that. But I will say this, um, I think that we have a, tremendous district. I think we need to do some, uh, you know, one of my big intentions is to engage with our community and listen to them a little bit um, and and try to get our story out there because there's some amazing things going on in our district. When you look at uh, from test scores to uh, educational opportunities from our CTE courses, uh, I mean, we do some tremendous things in West Ada School District. with the funding that we're given, it's unbelievable. Um, I I had an opportunity this uh, earlier this year to sit down with our data team and we pulled up uh, our standardized test scores compared to other standardized test scores across um, really the Northwest United States, including California in that. And I'm gonna tell you, we do a tremendous job educating our kids. We have to get that message out. We have to be able to say, hey, listen, for for what we get in uh, funding per pupil and where we're at right now, we're doing a tremendous job. that takes COVID and puts it in the back, in the back. And now we're talking about what my expertise is. And that's instruction. That's, that's really educating our kids, uh, providing a good foundation for our community so we can have a, a uh, flourishing community for years to come. I, I do believe that our kids are the future of this community and being able to give them the opportunities that we give them today and looking forward to the future to say, hey, what opportunities can we give them for the future? I think it's going to be a really, really important piece um, for us. That all starts. And I think anything starts in education based on relationships. And I'm going to argue that relationships start on trust. And so uh, there is an opportunity for us to build that trust. When parents talk to you about the educational process, which is what you really would much prefer to talk about, I'm sure, than, than a pandemic. What are they saying? What's the most, what resonates when parents are talking about what's happening in the classroom with their kids? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to uh, go back to my experience at Centennial uh, or my experience at Mountain View and, you know, kind of within the district. I think our parents on the whole really believe that their kids are getting great educational opportunities. I think that uh, that we need to get that message out to everybody. You know, you always have those supportive parents that that are like, you guys are amazing. Um, you have those parents that are always going to say, hey, you know, I, you got to prove to me that you're amazing. 
And any of that middle, uh, that, that middle, I'm going to say middle 80%, how do we get our message out to that middle 80% to, to show them some of the great things that our, that our teachers are doing, some of the great things that our students are able to engage in? Um, I think that's a priority for us over the next year to be able to, so I want, I want our, our kids to walk away. I want our, our parents to walk away, our community to walk away with a sense of pride of what they're able to, to be a part of in the West Ada School District. I feel like I'd be remiss talking about West Ada without talking about facilities and growth and the challenges of that, which is still looming and maybe will loom even more if you get on the other side of the pandemic at some point. What are you looking at in terms of facility needs and uh, potential having to go back to, to voters on the bond issue? Yeah. So um, it, it's funny how a uh, pandemic puts little things like buildings uh, <laughs> on the back burner for a little, little while. things. Uh, yeah. Um, we, we recognize, have been able to meet with uh, our, our local mayors. We recognize the growth that we're seeing at STAR. We recognize the growth that we're seeing at South Meridian, uh, some of Eagle. Um, we, we know that we're going to need to, to uh, look for a bond here uh, in, in the coming years. Um, we just finished up a Whitey High School. It's a beautiful facility. Um, we are excited about that opportunity. That will um, be a good relief for our high schools for a little while. Um, and allow us to focus really on um, our current facilities, where we're at with our current facilities, um, and how do we either upgrade those, improve those, maintain those, you know, all of those things come in uh, to play. We're, uh, you know, we, we just announced uh, at the board meeting the other night that we're going to be looking at a uh, supplemental levy here coming up in, in November. Um, that's a, a, a really, really important piece for us. Um and that's the that that's the situation we're in. Um, we know that anytime we have um, growth, the 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 side to growth is we've got to be able to build schools so our so our kids have a good uh, opportunity for them ahead. Um, we've been we've had a lot of support from our community when it comes to these things, um, and we expect nothing different as we move forward. Um, we, we will again reach out to our community, be able to be really transparent about why we need. Uh, the supplemental, the supplemental levy or the bond. I think moving forward past that, we'll probably be looking at um, the the concept of a long term bond. Um, so we don't have to keep going back to the, the our taxpayers and, and continue to ask. Um, but we really we're work we're currently working on uh, our long term building plan and what that might look like. Um, so we can have some projections of what a long term bond would be in the end. And it really does emphasize the relationship that you're trying to build and maintain with the community because supplemental levies, you've got to go back every two years. You know, bond issues in West Data, I mean, that's, you know, that's such a, a periodic process that you're always having to come back every couple of years. I mean, you know, you're tested. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The polls that's, every and that's what people don't always know about supplement. It seems like, uh, as a taxpayer, I hear from, I hear from people, gosh, we're going, every two years you're coming to us with a supplemental levy. That's, that's, that's how it works. How, how, how it works. And so getting that message out is even important. So, you know, I, I had a guy tell me the other day um, that he felt like it was his son coming up to him. Dad, can I have $5 to get into the movies? Oh, yeah, Dad, I need another $5 to get popcorn at the movies. Oh, by the way, Dad, I need another $5 to pay for my date to get into the movies. It would just ask, you would just rather his son ask at the beginning, hey, ask for $20. That's that long-term bond idea. Let's just ask for $20 ahead of time so we don't have to keep going back to the voters. Um, but 
the levy doesn't work that way. And, and uh, the levy is every two years we have to, we have to come back. We'd love to get out of the levy business at some point. I think one of the things that I would highlight is um, we were eligible for uh, to to invoke the emergency levy this mm-hmm. year. The board uh, we recommended to the board not to invoke that. We we want to be good stewards of our taxpayer dollars. We we don't want to. Uh, we we don't want you know. I'm not a believer in, in heavy taxes. I, I, you know we need when we go to the public, it's because we need it, not because we want it. Um, and we need to be able to continue to provide education, great education opportunities to our community. So just one more question. So you talked before about how this has been probably the most difficult couple of months that you've had professionally. I'm sure you wanted to be a superintendent for quite a while before this, this day came along. What are you What's under the radar right now that you really, really want to work on as a superintendent that's just, you know, not fitting into the day when you've got uh, the challenges that you're dealing with? Yeah. You know, I have been really intentional about trying to fit in, into the day, but uh, getting in and seeing kids uh, uh, and seeing some of the great things that are going on in our classrooms and what our teachers are doing is is a huge priority to me. I'm a, uh, my passion is instruction and what we offer to kids each and every day. Um, we're going to we're going to make a huge turnaround with our math uh, achievement scores. Uh, um, and, and that's not a West Ada problem. Oh, no, in that's fact, I would say West Ada School District is doing a great job in, in, you know, in the state. Um, that's a state problem. I'm a math guy. That's that's my background. It's my passion. Um, I, I, I truly believe in this. Um, I think that if we're graduating, graduating kids from high school, they should be able to walk across that stage and say, hey, I can enter a college level math class at grade level. Um, we need to be able to get there. Um, we're going to we're, we're gonna push a lot out to be able to support our teachers with that. We can't just say, hey, we're going to increase math scores. We have to have a system behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've got a system behind that. We uh, Again, surrounded by really, really good people that are going to help uh, get there. Um, but that's going to be a huge priority for us. Uh, and that, that will be a huge priority for West Data School District. That's shown not just in test scores, um, although I think our test scores will, will increase drastically. But number of kids that are at, uh, at a level of proficiency is, is going to be really important. Number of kids that are going on, that, uh, you know, one of the state board's real huge priorities is the go on rate. We want our kids to go on. Um, math is a part of that. Math is a part of everything we do. Um, that's not to walk away from literacy. I think literacy is, mm-hmm. is absolutely a life skill you have to have. So um, that's not to, to uh, say, except we're not going to do literacy. That's and we're going we're to have literacy and we're going to uh, be literate in math. And, that, and it's going to be a huge piece of what we do. Um, we, we've got a great math team here at the district office that's there to support our teachers. Um, we just adopted a new uh, math curriculum for middle school a couple of years ago, and then we moved that same curriculum into high school. And so that's going to be a big piece. I haven't been able to focus on that. I just met with our math coach, um, and and I apologize to her for not being able to to live in that environment right now. Um, I look forward to the days when we sit here, you know, when, when we're talking about great test scores and we're talking about great math achievement and uh, and, and great ELA achievement. I think those are those are critical pieces as we move forward. Well, Superintendent, Bob, I I appreciate your time. I hope we can get back together here in a few months and talk about math and ELA and not talk about COVID and and have a a COVID-free podcast. I appreciate your time. I will look look forward to those days. That that will be... Quite a, quite a change from where we're at right now, but I, I do see it around the corner. Again, I'm an optimist, so I'll, I will I will close with that. I think there's going to be a day where we can look back and, and uh, see West Data uh, and how 
how we got through this. And I'm going to tell you from a leadership standpoint, I've learned more from this than anything else in my life. So uh, with, with the bad come the good and, and the good is we're going to get through this. Thank you very much for your time this week. Thanks so much, Kevin. Again, that was Derek Bubb, the new superintendent of the West Ada School District. That's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the podcast. Follow us at idahoednews.org as we continue to follow the coronavirus pandemic and the Delta variant and the implications for schools. So that means next week, we'll be keeping an eye on the West Ada District to see what happens with its current mask policy. We'll also be watching the hospital numbers as uh, the hospitals deal with a continued surge of patients stemming from the Delta variant. We'll continue to watch those case numbers, especially the case numbers involving uh, 5 to 17-year-olds, K through 12 age students. So watch us at idahoednews.org for any stories on the outbreak and any stories on education policy and education politics. Follow us on Twitter at idahoednews. We tweet out our links and any bulletins on breaking news. Follow us on Facebook and join the conversation there. And check back next Friday for another edition of this podcast. Until then, I'm Kevin Richard. Stay safe and have a good week.